Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. And I want to, I want to talk a little bit this morning about um, those that have gone before us. Paul called it a great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12. A great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. That, and you know, if you go back and um, look at the men and women in the Old Testament, most of the time there's one spiritual characteristic that stands out in their lives. And, um, and inevitably, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a ray or a, a, a shining light portraying an aspect of Christ and also portraying an aspect of, of Christ in us and the spiritual life that we have. You know, we have a great advantage over the Old Testament saints, you know, they looked and they, they, they looked, they looked and hoped and, and we've tasted the reality. The substance has come. The substance is Christ himself. And we have a whole different advantage. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is a tangible substance. Now, what this, what this is describing is, is true Bible faith does not originate with man. It's not, it's not us saying, I'm gonna, just going to believe harder. It's faith is, is what happens to us when we're touched by the grace of God. Faith is a spiritual awakening of our eyes. By, by faith, we begin to perceive as real the unseen world of God. It becomes a reality to us. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For, for by it or by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It's not, we just don't take it by blind faith. There's, a, there's an unveiling of our heart and we begin to see God as the creator. By faith, we understand we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amen. 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 So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Everything that's seen was created by the invisible God. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And though it, through it being dead, God still speaks. And by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. Prepared an ark. For the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I love that. I love that story. But I want to just, just you know, follow the Lord this morning, follow the Holy Spirit, and I want to just talk with you about several of the men of God in the Old Testament and the things that stand out in their life and how they can be a great blessing and impact in our life. It's, it says in Genesis 5.24, and we just made reference to this in Hebrews 11, Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. That's so simple and it's so profound. Enoch walked with God. Wouldn't it be a great testimony for you to put your name, insert your name in there and say, Frank walked with God. Mary walked with God. Josiah walked with God. 
Terence walked with God. He walked with God. And, that's, and that's, that's really all we know about Enoch. That's all you need to know. Enoch walked with God. And when you, when you walk with God, it's going to look different in your life than it's going to look in my life. But it's going to be supernatural. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be the unveiling of God and his plan for your life. So Enoch walked with God. And for Enoch, it says he was not because God took him. Enoch walked with God and ended up just walked right out of this world and walked into the, into the other world. He was taken up as a type of, of, of the church being taken up. So I'm thinking about this. So here's, here's what I, I can learn about, about this from, from Enoch. The, the greatest treasure that I have in my life that's been made available to me is this blessing of learning day by day the, 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 the blessing and the importance of walking with God. Walking with God. No matter what, if, if I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm walking with God. If I'm going to the mountaintop of accomplishment and achievement, I'm walking with God. When all of my dreams seem to be falling down around my ears, walking with God. When people are are lying and betraying, I'm walking with God. When people are singing my praises, I'm walking with God. Walking with God. Walking with God. You know, this is this concept of walking with God is the is the blessing made available to us in the New Testament. It's not part of the Old Testament. Only several chosen special men or women of God were able to have the privilege of of walking with God in a nearness, in an intimate fellowship is what this is talking about. A, A tangible fellowship of intimacy and walking with God, the Holy Ghost. It's not available in the Old Testament for very many people. But it's been made available for whosoever will in the New Testament. It's not anymore just for the super spiritual. It's not for just the prophets or apostles or or for the pastors. It's not just for the spiritual leaders or for the deacons. It's for the youngest Christian novice. The the person that just answered the the altar call. The person that just got born again. The person that just received Christ into their life. Has the privilege and the challenge of, of walking with this nearness of with God and that's that's what we're called to do now let's let's go to this next person Hebrews eleven seven. this is of course the story of Noah by faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen you know it says in Genesis chapter 6 verse 1 that that all that man's heart was on wicked continually and God was sorry think about this God was sorry that he had ever made man that he was going to destroy all flesh because their hearts were wicked and they were turned toward wickedness continually. You know, if, if, if mankind is unrestrained, wickedness wins out. You know, you think about it. You think about it. You, you remove the law for just a few days. Look what happened. We had a, a national embarrassment as we saw the events unfold in New Orleans after Katrina. Not only did you have people looting on Canal Street, but you had police officers driving Escalades off the parking lots and stealing them, making them their own and taking off and leaving town. Is anyone listening to me out there? From the, from the common thug to the police officer to, to who, whoever knows, and the, and the politicians that skimmed off the top. We have a, a, our illustrious mayor of New Orleans who's facing many years in jail. He used his position during Katrina, supposedly. 
to, to rip people off. Is anyone listening to me out there? Now, the, the thing, now you think you, we start sit there and sit on judgment of, of other people. The problem is, is that same DNA is in all of us. Yeah. Without, now, there's two things. There's the restraining of the law that keeps us from doing stupid things. But then there's the, the grace of God that transforms our life. It says in Genesis chapter 6 that says that, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord's. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That is a mouthful. In the midst of a perverse generation, entire generation that was dying, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's what's said about every one of us when you call upon the name of the Lord when Christ comes into your life. Christ dies for the ungodly. He unveils Christ's, Christ to you. Your sins, you're convicted of your sins. You realize that Christ is your Savior. You call upon the name of the Lord and you join in to, to those who've gone before you who are justified by grace through faith like Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, it's, it's how we're saved. It says, it says he became, that Noah became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, this is, this is a phrase that's, that Paul used about Abraham. If you know the story of Abraham, Abraham had a promise from God when he was in his 70s. And he went for 25 years without the promise being fulfilled. God gave him a promise and he said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And from this son, I'm going to use, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your seed like the dust of the earth in, in number. And I'm going to bless every family in the earth through your seed, Abraham. And so Abraham was, but he goes, goes years and years and years and nothing happens. And the Lord came and visited him again. He said, Abraham, I want you to go outside tonight. I want you to begin to count the stars, Abraham. Count the stars. I want you to look up into the sky. And I want you to begin to number and count the stars if you possibly can. And then the Lord spoke to Abraham as he was counting the stars. He said, Abraham, just as the number of the stars in the sky, so will your descendants be. And then, then it says, this is powerful. And then it says in Genesis 15, I think it's in verse number 6, it says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Wow. Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Now, what about Noah? It says here that Noah became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. What did God say to Noah? Well, God said to Noah, Noah, I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to make it rain. I'm going to destroy all flesh. I want you to build a boat, and I'm going to bring thousands of animals, and they're going to come and get on this boat, and I'm going to provide for you, and I'm going to deliver you and your family and all these animals. Noah believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. You know, it's the same thing. That's how Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah believed God. Noah believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Well, well what about us today? God still tells stories that are hard to believe. God tells stories. He's, he's telling, if you read the Bible, if you read the Bible and believe that it's literally true, he's, he says that there's a judgment coming upon all flesh, that this, that the, this heaven and this earth will be destroyed, and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, that the whole thing's going to be burned up. And then he says that I'm going to, uh, that, that, I, that I 
I myself, God himself became part of the human race, that he became a man and lived amongst us. Actually, even beyond that, he says, I was born of a virgin, a woman that never had relations with a man, conceived in her womb, and I was born as her son, and I came and lived amongst you and lived a sinless life, and I died on the cross in your place. I was buried in your place. I was raised up from the dead in your place, and I ascended to heaven, and I rule and reign the universe today as a man representing you is in your place. This story to the natural man sounds like a fairy tale. But to those who believe, to those who believe it's the power of God. And when we hear that gospel story, I remember when I believed it for the first time. It became a reality in my soul. It resonated on the inside of me that I was included in God's plan. Frank found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It was August of 1973. I found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Faith came alive. And I was justified by grace through faith. And I became an heir of the righteousness of faith. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then it goes and it says, if you read the account in in Genesis chapter 6, it says that Noah, I love this. I'm going to have to turn to it. This is such a powerful passage. Genesis chapter 6, verse um, number 5, it says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, every creeping thing and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made, made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Jonah was a righteous man, perfect in his generations. Then it's the same phrase that it used about Enoch. Noah walked with God. It doesn't say that about anybody else in the Bible, Noah and Enoch. Enoch walking with God looked different from Noah walking with God. Enoch was caught up, and he didn't have to deal with the animals. He didn't have to deal with building an ark. He didn't have to deal with his, 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 his daughters-in-law and his sons and all of the stuff that he had. He didn't have to deal with all the people and all the people mocking him for 120 years, laughing at, at, at Noah, making fun of him. Noah and Enoch didn't have to deal with all of that. Enoch walked with God and went straight into heaven. But Noah walked with God, and he had a mess on his hands. I think my life has been more like Noah's than like Enoch's. Most of the time, that's the way it is. We walk with God. We get all kinds of blessings in our life, and we get all kinds of ridicule and all kinds of elephant poop all over the floor. It's everywhere. <laughs> Noah was a just man. So he, he, Noah, Noah walked with God. Noah was a just man. He was his, this grace of God that was on his life changed him, and he began to walk in a different way than the other people in the world. As he walked by grace through faith, he began to have the testimony of, of Christ in his life. He began to walk differently. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and that grace didn't, didn't just cover him of his sins. That grace impacted his life where he didn't live like the other people in the world. He was a righteous man, a just man. 
There's a change that comes upon our life when grace invades our life. Oh yeah, Christ died for the ungodly and he will cleanse the foulest sin and cleanse our past from our sins. But he doesn't leave us in that condition. We find grace in the eyes of the Lord and then we begin to walk in the steps of grace and we begin to say, we begin to like know we become a just man or a righteous man walking in the ways of God. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah walked with God. Noah was a just man. And Noah built an ark for the saving of his households. I love that part of the story. Noah built an ark. You know, there's Jesus. We need to listen to the words of Jesus. When Jesus was talking about the last generation, this is what he said. Just as it was in the days of Noah... So shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And he was describing the wickedness of man's heart in the last generation. That's what he was describing. Just as it was in the days of Noah. And he was warning that a day of retribution is coming upon all flesh. Just like Noah experienced, a day of retribution is coming on all flesh. God is not hiding his face from the sinfulness of mankind. He is is long-suffering and merciful, desiring more and more to come to repentance, desiring more and more to turn away from their sinful ways, to call upon the name of the Lord. And those of us who've heard his voice, we've heard his voice, the grace of God has pricked our heart, the grace of God has opened our ears, and just like Noah heard, a judgment day is coming, but I've provided a way of salvation for you, we've heard the same thing, there's salvation available for us, Christ is our ark, he is our salvation, there's no other way, you have to get in the ark of Christ, he is our provision. In this ark is not only the physical human body of Christ, it's actually the body of Christ, his local church. The local church is his ark today. You know, God is building his ark. Its local church is being built in every town and every village. Rapidly places, countries and nations and ethnic groups that have never had local churches. In our generation, the church is expanding into regions it's never, ever, ever been before. Christ is being preached in all nations in our generation. And then the end shall come. He's providing an ark. And the migration of the masses this time is not, it's not elephants and monkeys and chimpanzees and nutrients and crawfish. This time, it's human beings, the migration, those who hear his voice. You know, he didn't put his hand on every, on every animal. He selected those and he brought them in and he draw them supernaturally into the ark. The hand of God is coming upon people, whosoever will, who who hears his voice, whoever hears what the Spirit is saying, to come into the ark, come into that place. So I have to assume that most of you here today have heard his voice and you've run for shelter into the ark. That's why you're here this morning. But uh, like Noah, like Noah, it says that he, that Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his households. And that's us. That's what you and I are doing. Each one of us has a role to play in the building of his ark. 
Every one of us. We're laboring together. We have, a, we have a, 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 an assignment from God. Every Christian has an assignment from God building his local church, working together hand in hand, laboring together hand in hand, ministering together hand in hand, preparing an ark for this generation, preparing an ark for our family, for our friends, for our neighbors to hear the call of God and come run, running into the ark of God for his protection. That's what we're doing. That's what this church is. You know, the, M- Moses, I'm, I'm sorry, Noah did it for 120 years. I don't think I'll catch up with Noah. I've been, I've been working on this ark for 35 years. And many of you have been helping us. And I'm, and I'm just saying, you know, come on, there's, there's room for more laborers. We're, there's some more hammers. There's some more nails. There's some more places to serve in the building of the ark of God. There's places to serve in ministering to the homeless and ministering to the youth and ministering to the children and ministering to the sick and ministering to the single moms and ministering to the businessmen and ministering to the, to the women, ministering to the, to the older people, ministering to the ch- younger people, the children. There's a place to serve. We're building an ark. And this ark is not this physical building. God's blessed us with buildings. He's blessed us with buildings on the North Shore, downtown, and here. We don't have to build any buildings. Let's build his church. Come on, y'all. Let's build his church. Find a place. Find a place. Find a place. It doesn't have to be prominent. It doesn't have to be with a microphone in your hand. It can be insignificant where no one even notices. But God is watching, and he's taking notes. And he stays waiting. He can't wait for that day when you step into your appointment with God. And he's waiting to, sh- to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Into thou, into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Abraham walked with God as well. Doesn't use that terminology about him. But Abraham, what we learned from Abraham, one of the great lessons from Abraham is the call of God. That God calls us. It says in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country. Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house. God's speaking to us. You know, you can't stay part of the world and part of the world system. I think wasps are diving bombing me again here. You can't, you can't stay part of the, the world system. He calls us out the very name of the church in Greek, Ecclesia. Those called out, the called out ones. Get out of your country. Get out from your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation, Abraham, and I will bless you and I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. You know, when, you, when, when God speaks into your hearts, When you walk with God like Enoch did or like Noah did, inevitably God is going to speak to you about his purposes on the earth and his purpose for your life. And he's going to speak to you about why, why you even exist. And, and that's, that's connected to God's calling upon your life. The calling of God is not just for the fivefold ministry. The calling of God is not just the apostles and the prophets and the pastors, the teachers and the evangelists. The calling of the God is the very nature of Christianity. We hear his call and we come out and we follow him.
Not to be famous or even to to fill stadiums or to have people know who we are. It's just to follow him as simple servants of God. To be nameless, part of the nameless multitude calling upon his name. Servants of the Lord's. Set apart, called out to be loyal and faithful friends to our Father and to be loyal and faithful servants in the body of Christ to touch our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're, we're walking like Enoch walked with God. We're building an ark like Noah built an ark. We're following, we're called out like Abraham was. And of course, there's the story of, of Job. Job. You know, people always wonder about Job and they think, man, I must be just Job. Would, would to God that we all were just like Job. You know, people cringe when, if you hear something like that. But, but Job's trials lasted only nine months. All of his trials. Mine lasted a whole lot longer than that. Maybe they weren't as severe as his. I've had some whoppers, but maybe not as severe as Job had. But mine have lasted longer than nine months. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. This is James, the Lord's brother, speaking. He says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. We count them blessed who endure. That means persevere, go past their trials and, and make it to the end. We count them blessed who endured. You've heard of the perseverance of Job. And seen the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You go study the story of Job. And Job was blessed twofold. Everything that he had that he lost, it was given to him back double at the end of, at the, end of the whole situation. God blessed Job and restored Job. And our God, is, our God is always like that. Our God is faithful. If you're going through a difficult time, look at the example of Job. Walk with God and your perseverance will endure to the very end. I've got to read just a couple more examples here. This is not going to take long, but this is a real blessing to you. Elijah. Think about Elijah. Elijah, when I think of Elijah, I think of the man, the man of the anointing. I want to be a man of the anointing in my life. I want the anointing to increase in my life. You know, I, I want it to get stronger. You know, I, I want to, like, remember the story of, of Elijah's disciple. His name was Elisha. And Elisha, he said, I, I, only, I not only want what Elijah's got, I want double what Elijah's got. I want a, a double portion of what's on Elijah's life. I want more on my life. I want more of God on my life. I want to have the the glory of God upon my life. I want my life to be impacted. I want it to affect the way I live. I want it to affect the way I pray. I want it to affect the way I worship. I want it to affect the way I give. I want it to affect the way I touch people's lives. Be careful what you're asking for. By faith. Now it says that Elijah, I'm sorry, Elijah, the man of the spirit, he took, this is talking about Elijah, his disciple. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him when Elijah was caught up into heaven. The mantle, the mantle was the prophet's coat that was a type, a shadow of the anointing that was on Elijah's life. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? When he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that way and Elisha crossed over. You know, you and I, we don't have to, to, to observe the great the great ones with the anointing upon their life. The anointing is for 
everybody. The anointing is for everybody. Now, there's different anointings, and he puts different anointings on, on different ministries for different purposes. But every one of us can experience the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our life. And it'll function in us and through us for His glory. It's the power of God. It's the very mighty power of God. So thinking back, thinking back about, about this, about these cloud of witnesses that have gone before us of Enoch, who walked with God, was taken up. And Noah, who walked with God, and he, he built an ark for the saving of his household. And, 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 and Abraham, who, who heard from God and, and came out to live, uh, to, to live in this in the, in, in a separated life, to li- leave behind the world and leave behind the influence of the world and to be separated and follow the call of God in his life. And, and the story of, of Job, who persevered and of Elijah, experienced the mantle of God. You and I live in a better day than they did. We live in a better day. They were operating in in types and in shadows. You know, and and the church said to say the church today in in a large degree has settled for a types and shadows Christianity. They settled for types and rituals and, and, and slogans and philosophies rather than the, than the reality of the substance that's available for us. And, and my, I, I am pleading with you, I am begging you, my brothers and sisters, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle for second-rate rituals and terminology and slogans and philosophies and formulas. When the reality is available to us, the reality has been purchased by the blood of the cross. It's been purchased for us, the reality, the substance of God, this substance called faith, this substance called anointing is available for us. The veil's been torn. And you and I, we can walk with God. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.